1: Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is Saturday morning, and I'm drinking a hot cup of bottom gun coffee from my friends at bottomguncoffee.com as I record this episode. I have another great show lined up for you, but before we get started, I just wanted to mention something I offer on my website, johnsrennie.com. If you sign up for my weekly newsletter, I will send you a new leadership ebook. It's called The New Leader Guide, 10 Steps to Making a Lasting Impact in the First 100 Days. I wrote this book for brand new leaders and those seasoned leaders moving into a new leadership role. In my career, I've led nine manufacturing businesses, and I've been the new boss more times than I can count. So I decided to write down some of the most important lessons I've learned over the years. I guarantee this ebook will help you make a greater impact in your new role. So, check out the link at the bottom of the page at johnsrenny.com, sign up for the newsletter, and you will get a free ebook. It's that simple. Now, if you're looking to support what I do on the show, please purchase one of my books at johnsrenny.com or visit my sponsors, bottomguncoffee.com and eyeofthewatch.com. Both my sponsors use the discount code DEEP at checkout. Well, that's it. Today my guest is Billy Shepard. She is an actor, producer, director, and acting coach, and now she is helping business leaders tap into the power of theater techniques to become better communicators. I've always believed that the best ideas come from outside your industry, and this is certainly the case. This is a fascinating interview, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Billy Shepard. Billy is the founder of Billy Shepherd's and Associates, a company that helps leaders and entrepreneurs better communicate. She is an acting teacher, turned speaking coach. She has tapped into the most effective theater techniques and customized them for application to the business world as leaders, Communication is critical to our success, and I'm honored to have Billy on the show to help us become better communicators. So, Billy, welcome to the show. Thank you.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm, gra- I'm glad to have you, and I'm really interested in this subject because communication is really important, and you bring it uh, this idea of communication from a completely different perspective. So, I'm really excited to have you on the show to talk about it. So, first of all, like you know, the question I always have to myself is: when I first saw your material and, and 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 you know saw your website, I thought to myself, how does an actor, producer, director, and an acting coach get into the world of business communication? Tell us about your background and how did you end up in this world of business communication?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's a long story. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> kidding. It's not, It's not that long, really. The fact of the matter is, uh, I, for decades, taught acting and acted. And about 25 years ago, I live in Silicon Valley, the Bay Area. And I, while I was watching yet another horrible torture of slide death, I thought, I can help these people. It's not that difficult with the techniques that I know as an actor and a performer and as a director, I can give these people a handful of techniques that will make them play the role of speaker, leader, CEO more effectively. And at that time, I was invited to help uh, some people in a corporation. They Got the same idea. Maybe I could help them with some acting techniques and word of mouth. And one day I got a call from a presentation coach in San Francisco and he said, will you come and help me? I've heard good things about you. I've got a client Uh, in a couple of days. Will you help me? And that man took me by the hand and taught me how to organize a business ha- taught me how to charge, taught me how to get paid, taught me. Uh, he was a wonderful, wonderful man. And then I started just making phone calls. Hey, do you need some help with your presentation skills on your teams? And then word of mouth.
1: That's fantastic. What, one thing you said when you were talking about uh, you getting into this uh, into this position, you said you were helping people play the role of CEO and leader. That's really interesting. So from a, it's it's interesting because, you know, these people are the CEO and leader, but when they're on stage and when they're communicating either in a meeting or with a large group, they've got to play the role. Is this where you see the blending of theater
0: and and business kind of coming together? In all ways. In all ways, communication. Everyone is playing a role. I raised two kids. They're they're grown, high functioning, good citizens, adults now. They they just turned out fantastic. But at one point, they were teenagers, and and I had to play the role of a mother. Because mm. everything in my instincts was either I want to give you everything you want because I love you so much, but you still can't go to the slumber party, um, or or all of the we're always playing a role. To make mm. a long story short, and it nothing much has changed since Aristotle, mm. where he said the reason that we speak and try and communicate is to persuade. Mm. So we're always trying to persuade and everyone is assigned a role. And if you're a role as a manager, if your role is a manager, you've got to behave accordingly. Mm-hmm. And you may have the gifts and the knowledge, but you still need to learn more skills, especially up to CEOs. I, I'm coaching uh, two C-level people now and one that wants to move in to C-level. And they're all learning these skills of, how to speak in a manner that is indicating the role so that their messages are clearly understood. They can be sure that their messages are understood. We're all playing a role, bottom line.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Um, so, you you know, uh, essentially you're bridging this gap between uh, corporate communication and um, this uh, theatrical or, or artistic world. What can we learn from uh, theatrical techniques that can better help us be better communicators and help us motivate our audiences, whether it's in small meetings or large venues? What can we learn from the theater world?
0: Well that's you you, you used a wonderful a wonderful word. You said something like bridging, bridging the gap, and it's interesting that you use that. Uh, I'm going to answer that question two ways, if I can remember my train of thought that long. (laughs) The first is, philosophically, communication is and the skills, speaking clearly, being in touch with our body, having the ability to improvise, being clear on our intention, that goes with whether we're speaking to one person or 1,000 or 10,000. It's got to be the same. We, we have to be aware of our body, our voice, our intention, and we have to have the ability to improvise. The, the idea of certain specific techniques, if I can give you an example, they can be taught. Uh, for instance, everything went to Zoom. Mm, Yes. And and it when I was an actor, uh, I had to learn to transfer my character from stage to film or Mm. from film back to stage. There are techniques and we take endless classes to learn these techniques and we practice and practice. But they're pretty basic. And if you if you like, I can show you the difference for a Zoom meeting. That's an acting technique, for instance, if you'd like. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to show you what is so helpful for a Zoom meeting. And you may know this already, but if your listeners don't know, it's very important to get the heck away from the slides. Mm. And if you can drop your slide, let me show you. This is me on a Zoom meeting looking at myself, which is an addiction. I cannot pass a window without looking at myself. (laughs) I think it's in my DNA. That's me looking at myself. This is me looking at you now with your darling smile and I'm, I'm seeing your face and I'm seeing your reactions. This is me looking at my phone, checking in to see who's calling me while I'm on a zoom meeting. And this is me looking at you. Mm. This is you and me connected. Yeah. You see the difference. And, and if people could learn to, drop the slide, and play the camera, they will better be able to engage the audience and connect with the audience.
1: I really like that. In fact, I when, I, when I'm on Zoom meetings and even when I do these um, interviews, I put the person I'm talking to as close to the camera as possible. So I'm actually as close as I can looking them straight in the eye and having that conversation. Because I do think it's funny when you do see people... Like they're they they might be looking at their monitor over here, and you see the side of their face. You don't know, see them actually physically looking at you. And I do notice the difference. It almost feels like they're they're disconnected. So so having that eye contact eye contact, even
0: though it's virtual, is really important. Well, you know that they are disconnected. They don't yeah. just look dis- disconnected. They are all of their energy is going there. the The difference between in person communicating is an energy push it, in acting. We learn very early on, hopefully we're an actor is taught stage first so they can transfer to camera more easily, but we learn to push the molecules out way to the back row. So Mr. Jones can get our message loud and clear and see everything. The, the movement is larger. We're pushing those molecules. The camera does the work. The camera takes the energy and pulls it and delivers it to the other person. It's an energetic experience. If we're not looking directly in the camera to allow it to do its work, we're not as connected. You see now I'm looking at you we're yeah. we're not as connected. so it's a um, it's a way of using science and art to affect human communication.
1: No, I really like that a lot. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I know when I'm, when I'm public speaking with a group, I find it easier, uh, mostly because I can, I can look to different members of the audience. I can, I can feel their energy. They can, you know, I can project to them. When I'm in a Zoom meeting sometimes, especially uh, when I've got a large group that I'm training or teaching or, or having a meeting, it's hard to have that individual connection like that and so what you're saying is that that camera is the connection that camera is is my audience's
0: eyeballs and you want to make sure that you're looking in that direction and and the that's very typical what you're describing and the the timing when when i'm coaching a workshop that we have interactively people practice this and uh the timing is I deliver my important message to you. I'm giving you this important message. And then I quickly look down and see that you received it and that you're listening. And then I look up again. It's a quick check. Mm, And, And those of us that teach groups, we need a quick check to see if they're here's how here's how you check. This might be helpful to your listeners. If, there, if you deliver an important piece of data, an important piece of information or an important message, and you look down and they're doing this, we yeah, call this the yeah. land of nod. Okay, so if I quickly see the land of nod, I know it's good. If I see somebody leaning back, you know this, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not present. If I see somebody doing this, they're not present. It's up to me to engage them and get them back. in that moment in that moment so you know this you practice this but uh the no it's it's really important and it happens I was just teaching a class last Monday
1: to a group of leaders in the Middle East and I noticed um I was look I had made a point and I looked down similar to what you just discussed I looked down to see how people were accepting and what I was talking about and uh, I noticed one guy was on mute and he was talking on his phone he was looking around and and so I, I called him out. I said, you know, you know do you, did you get that? Did you understand that? Yes. And, uh, it's because you can't do that in a meeting where you're present, right, where somebody's on the phone. But you can't, some people can put you on mute um, and do that sort of thing. So you know they're not hearing the message. You know, they're just checking the box. that I was told to be in this training, so I'm in this training, you know. So, yeah, wait, no, but mistake. we don't allow it, do we, John? No, no, we don't. <laughs> So so one of the things that I want to talk to you about um, is is public speaking that's a big part of it as well. Why do you think that I mean fear of public speaking is one of the biggest fears that people have and and I think even on your website you say it's uh it's more fear, fearful than death for some people. And why do you think we have so much fear of getting up in front of an audience
0: and 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 talking? Well, it's not our fault. Ah. First of all. <laughs> and it's a given. Hmm. So anybody that says, I'm never afraid when I'm speaking, you know, no matter how big the audience, I'm never nervous or afraid. I I don't I find that hard to believe because here's why we have this thing, the amygdala, hmm. that part of our brain. And the amygdala is the thing that warns us if uh, there's a loose lion in the room or if there's a tribe running after us of savages that want to cook us and eat us for dinner, it's, it does its job, but the amygdala has not kept up with technology mm-hmm. and with humankind. We we've got all of these new things and the amygdala is still at the same stage. It was since, you know, we were yeah. climbing through caves. Fortunately, we have college degrees and we can manage the amygdala. <laughs> we can do a few things to inform it that it can go to sleep. It can relax like a dog, sit, stay, hopefully. And what actors learn is to prepare before, mm. prepare before. The same way in athletes, you watch you watch football players, they've got a bend and stretch and do all of those things before the game. And and in the Olympics, a runner has to do all they need to do before the race. An actor needs to do all we need to do before we go in front of the camera or before Mm. we hit the stage. Now, what, what we teach in the workshops is to, before you click join meeting, because mostly we're on zoom or in person before you walk out on stage We teach a breathing exercise, which is on my website. They can click on that and I'll take them through the breathing exercise Um, and vocal exercises, Mm. because the methodology that I created when I got my graduate degree. um, When did I get it? 2013. Uh, We proved that there are four components to getting ready, if you want to hear them. The four components that an actor needs to get ready before we go in front of the camera, before we go on stage, is our body is the first one. Are, are we thirsty? Are we tense? Are we breathing in and out? <laughs> the, the first thing to go in Zoom is breathing. They call it Zoom apnea. You stop breathing. you got to mm-hmm. breathe. The second thing is vocal, vocal exercises, simple pencil in the mouth, reading a poem. The third, as I mentioned, is know your intention. Mm. When we know our intention, our specific intention for our presentation or our scene or our line in a play, there's no room for self-doubt, fear, nerves. There's no room because we're Mm. filled with intention. Mm, I like that. All of those components, those three, give us the ability to improvise. Mm. Should we lose our place? Should the lights go out? Should somebody talk and interrupt us all the time? Mm. We'll have the ability to improvise.
1: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. One ping
0: only, please. As I thought, John Rennie's new book, All in the Same Boat. Is right over there. It's at all in the same boatbook.com. Your orders are to get there now. And remember, be careful what you shoot at. Most things in here don't react too well to bullets.
1: Bottom Gun is owned and operated by U.S. submarine veterans, and no one knows coffee better than the men and women who serve long hours keeping watch under the sea. Bottom Gun Coffee Company has a variety of coffee blends designed to keep you moving. From Ahab's Revenge Extremely Strong Coffee to their morning blend, Bottom Gun purchases only premium, certified, organic coffee beans from all over the world to create the finest tasting coffee you will ever experience. Bottom Gun is offering a discount to the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to BottomGunCoffee.com and enter the discount code DEEP at checkout. Bottom Gun Coffee, the taste that's qualified. You know, we have this nervous energy, you know, when we go up in front of a, a group, you know, we first step on stage, even if we do all the preparing and we're ready to go, there is that little nervous uh, energy that we have when we first step on stage. You say that we can use it to our advantage. How can we use that little nervous energy to our advantage?
0: How can we use that? I think the nervous energy is is the gift. Ah the nervous energy is is the goal to all of this mishagas shall we say a yiddish word the goal to all of this that that i'm talking about and you're talking about is to get us to enjoy mm. this this we are we are the only species that that can articulate what what we've learned and share it Verbally, it's a wonderful thing. And all of that, I believe, if I can get a little more esoteric here, is an energy force that is accessible. It's Mm. bigger, it's bigger than I am. It you know, the sun came up this morning, and I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) It shocks me every morning. So I know that there's some sort of energetic thing going on that's bigger than I. And artists learn and people learn when they get in the zone, that that energy flows through us. Mm -hmm. That energy is accessible and it flows through us. All this other Mishagas is to get us open out of the way of ourselves so that that energy can use us as a conduit to move through us. So basically, when I feel that energy or when an actor feels that energy, it's, it's using it to give a gift. Hmm. Yeah. If, if 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 I can give you this, that changes the whole way I talk and it's all about you. My audience is all about you guys. I want to help you because I'm telling you, I would rather help you than be on stage anymore. I decided that yeah. that rather than act, I wanted to help others act. I wanted to help them use their style so that they could go out and be a conduit isn't that an it 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 was an odd realignment because most of my life was all about see me see me let me show you how well I can do this character and tell this story and it became no no let me help you Mm. you've got a message you're beautiful I want you to deliver that message so that only comes with with that that kind of scary feeling. That's
1: very yeah. feeling. I love that. That's really good. I, I do I think you're right. I mean, that feeling when you step on stage and you're in front of the audience and you're you're prepared, um, that says you're alive, right? I mean, it's that that little you're 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 doing something that's that's uh you have a chance, right, to impart ideas to the people that are around you. And 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 it's kind of a it's it's a neat feeling. Uh and so I like what you say, which is just embrace that embrace that energy and use that energy to uh to, to project that into the into the, t- the people that you're talking to and i like that idea a lot and uh i definitely you know i i definitely have that feeling when i first step on stage or i'm stepping in front of a classroom um but it's it's always almost an anticipation of what the what's gonna happen because i always know it ends up being very good but it's like you just it's you just kind of anticipating the the so, so right before Everything just kind of flows, and that's a that's a fun moment. And it just says, "Hey, I'm alive. I'm in this moment, and I have an opportunity to impart uh, these ideas to this team." So I, I really mm-hmm. like that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when you you were talking about a little bit, uh, what are what are most leaders doing wrong with their communication and their presentations? What what typically do you see? What are some? You mentioned the you know droning on on PowerPoint slides, which drives me crazy, by the way. And uh, but what are some other things that maybe you see that um, where where people just are making terrible mistakes with their communication?
0: The, most of the mistakes are pretty typical uh, uh, around the board. I think one of the biggies is people don't take the time to know their audience, and I know they've mm-hmm. heard that. You know, know your audience, know your audience, but really know your audience. Do they understand your yeah. acronyms? You know, what is their need? Yeah. What do they want? It it's it's transposing. It's not what do I do? It's what can I give you? What what do you need? So we need to know our audiences better, and they don't take the time. And people talk too much because they really want, even when they care. I deal with Facebook and Uber and these huge, brilliant companies, the every everyone is brilliant, or they wouldn't be there. They talk too much because they have <laughs> so much information and they want and they don't want to miss anything. So they mm-hmm. talk too much. You know, there's a there's a wonderful quote from an artist, a painter named Hans Hoffman. I don't know if you're familiar with Hans Hoffman. He passed away. Hans Hoffman said, the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary mm. so that the necessary may speak. And if if I've seen it once, I've seen it so many times that people talk too much and and don't value being concise until after the workshop. Mm. Take out the unnecessary. It, is it interesting? Keep it. it. Is it informative? Keep it. Is it helpful? Keep it. If it's not, lose it. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty simple, and that's hard to do. A lot of
1: you know it's easy to just pack everything into your slides and and say I I got to tell all this to you. It's harder to be more concise and more direct. That's why, for example, I think we're attracted to uh, TED talks because they this is something that has been practiced and and it has been rehearsed and it has been made concise so that the the true points are given in that speech and it's not a lot of extra and we we almost should approach our when we're having a a talk approach it with that mindset like a ted talk like i'm going to make this
0: very important and impactful it's uh, oh they were brilliant they're they're brilliant they're very very wise uh, when when we do the workshops, we were working with a uh, a, a section for liquid cooling. They're, they were developing liquid cooling, which kind of scares me. But they assured me and they taught me and everything that the, you know the water isn't going to get into the electricity and blow up the city. Uh, clearly not. But they had slides that you can imagine how detailed they were and how much information they had on them. And do you know as we worked? This, this one particular slide that was a nightmare, they, the manager of this team said, what if we just put the number three mm. on the slide yeah, and then talk to that number three? And everybody yeah. just went, yes, that's it. That's so it. So with all that, it got concise to a number three. It was great. It was great. I love that.
1: That is a great story. And I like that idea of being concise. And and uh I, you know, I, it's funny because I had a friend of mine who always says that, you know, uh, you know, st- try to make your presentation like a Steve Jobs presentation with respect to what's on the screen behind you. It's not a lot of words, it's a picture. You know, it's mm-hmm. and some and, and so when I'm doing you know a lot of leadership training, I just I put a picture up and that and I tell a story around that picture. And oh. um, and there's no words on the slide, you know, and I, I think when you do have a very wordy slide or whatever, and you put it up there versus three, three is saying something very important. Uh, a, a, a very wordy slide with, you know, technical stuff is going to you got people reading it, trying to figure out what it says, and I they're missing know. the whole point. So that's really, really powerful. I like that a lot. So let, let's. Uh, you've got a new book out, and I want to talk about that. It's called the Billy Shepard Presentation Method: Why an uh, an acting teacher holds the key to greater influence, happier customers, and better relationships. So, what will readers take away when they get this book and they read this book? What are the things they're going to take away
0: from it? I think the bottom line is they're going to see uh by suggested some exercises and stories of people who I've actually worked with and, and what they went through and what has become of them, which is how fun is that to watch. Uh they will see that authenticity in in their dealings when communicating is huge. And they will learn how to get past their nerves, which is a piece. They will learn how to uh, find their intention and not to speak until they know what they want to accomplish and they will learn how important the truth is in the moment. Mm. you know there there's some wonderful speeches in in Shakespeare, and there are some. Look at Henry V, Band of Brothers. Hmm. He, he who loses his blood today with me shall be my brother. Right. Watch Kenneth Branagh do Henry V. That's what, that's what my book helps, is to give examples that people have done it before. And mostly it started out, I'm belaboring it now, I'm talking too much about it, but just to be a giveaway a book for people to have after they took the workshop, but then it became a little more involved in that.
1: Oh, that's Scott. great. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, it's, I, I like the idea what you just said, which was watch, um, watch a gifted actor uh, make an argument or make a presentation. Like you said, Henry five would be a great example to mm-hmm. see that because you see an actor deliver, you know, with, with passion and with, intent and and I think that it's just as important as a leader talking to our employees we're maybe we're not uh motivating troops for battle but we're community we, we really are doing something similar to that we're motivating our troops to accomplish something very difficult and it
0: absolutely um, it absolutely is the same join me and let's get this let's get this yeah. going yeah well, I, I really like that a lot
1: um well uh So, how can people find out more about you um, and your
0: company and this new book? Well, I invite them to visit my website, BillyShepherd.com. And if they want to explore the book a bit, they can go to Amazon and put in the Billy Shepherd presentation method.
1: (laughs) That's pretty easy, that's pretty straightforward. Well, we'll go ahead and put links uh, in the show notes for this podcast, so those of you who are listening in your car, you can uh, go to the show notes and click on, and we'll have those links in there for uh, Billy she- uh, Billy's website and also the book, and the book is called The Billy Shepard Presentation Method, and I really encourage leaders to take a look at this because you might think that you're communicating, but are you really communicating or are you just reading uh, PowerPoint slides with your employees and communication is a lot more connecting with people is a lot more than just, you know, reading a slide. It's more about looking people in the eye and communicating with passion and vision. And this book is going to help you to do that. So Billy, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing all your ideas with us.
0: I can't thank you enough. And boy, has it been a joy to get to know you better. the, the, The joy has been with me as well. I really enjoyed it.
1: Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well.